Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back, everybody. It's another Monday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show to kick off your week. As always, in these chairs, it's Ian Mendes, Haley Salvian. But Haley, this week we're going to change some things up for a couple of reasons. Number one, look, it's kind of like the last week of summer, so we wanted to do something fun. And we wanted to bring in the guy who we got to live blog the (laughs) Canada-USA women's game last week, the beatdown. And we wanted to bring him on and embarrass Sean Gentile because... Quite frankly, we, I didn't feel like we did enough of that, Haley, in the live blog when Canada no, beat the U.S. 5-1. So I wanted to bring him in here and see if we could take down the bald eagle and the you know all the stuff that they like to have fun with, right? I think you guys could just sense that I was completely broken up by whatever we witnessed last night. I'd rather not talk about it. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, by the way. Thank you, by the way, for having me on. Um, my abandonment by Craig Cousins, my partner, continues. We're on... Week four or whatever. It's a disgrace. (laughs) The American show. But look, a big reason why we want to have you on, though, Sean, is we do have a fun topic. And I think this is right up uh, your alley, which is why we want to get your voice on this week's uh, edition of the show. And that is we wanted to talk about, like, if we could make a couple of little tweaks or minor changes or in some cases maybe even major changes. But we put this out on social media, this this, this kind of poll where – Fans could vote on, you could change one thing. So the course and the kind of the outline for uh, this week's podcast is going to be a little bit different. We're talking about things we'd like to change in the game of hockey. Like if we were making a new set of rules or a CBA. So the the first one that I want to start with, with, with you guys on this is we asked this question in a poll. You could pick one thing to change about um, the NHL as it pertains to the rules and on the ice product. Okay. So this is for on the ice and the rules. Okay. Then the thing that came back with the biggest amount of 51% of people who voted in our poll said they would like to see us move to three points for a regulation win. Meaning if you win a game, you get three points in regulation. And then maybe if you win in a shootout or overtime, it's two points that had the most uh, amount of traction. The other options that we threw in there that got less was you could eliminate the shootout. That got about 26% of the vote. And people saying, just play three on three till you get a winner. We had about 10% of vote for people saying, take away a referee from the ice and move it to an eye in the sky. 
Haley's probably too young for me to make an Alan Parsons project joke, so we'll just <laughs> keep moving. And then we also had about 8% of people saying, make the nets bigger. If I asked you guys, Haley, let's start with you. If you were voting on this, you could pick one change out of this grouping of things. What is Haley picking to change to improve the on-ice product? Yeah, first I just feel like making a young joke doesn't work for you. Um, that's not like an insult to me that you called me youthful. So thank you very much. Um, no, it, like I think it's the three-point um, regulation. I, I don't know. I think maybe just seeing this season, like the Montreal Canadiens going to the Stanley Cup final when they had fewer regulation wins than the Calgary Flames. It's super weird just getting the, the extra point over time just – Really, I don't know. Some, I, I just think the three-point regulation would be a good thing. Like, I agree with the overwhelming majority of people who, I guess it was not overwhelming, it was 51%, but um, I agree with that. Like, I don't care about bigger size nets because if you make the nets bigger, like, aren't goalies' equipment just going to get bigger? Like, they're getting bigger already. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> someone's just going to do something to offset that. Um I don't really know what the four and I don't care about the other ones, to be honest. I don't know. I, I have to say when we first started doing this, um, when Ian came up with this idea, my first reaction was like, there's nothing fun about rules. There's nothing fun about the CBA. But there Dis is something. Disagree. <laughs> have you read the CBA? I read it the other day and I think there's stuff about like specifics about dental insurance. And I was like, mm, no, but three-point regulation could make things a little bit more fun. So I agree with that one. What about you, Sean? Like, if you're looking at this, Sean, mm -hmm. are you, do you, and like Haley said, 51% of people uh, out of the five options voted for that. So that, I mean, it's a pretty, it's it's twice as much as basically anything else got uh, support for. Would you go for that? And and how, do you think it would really change the way the game is played on the ice? Uh, it's such It's such a boring answer, right? But it's... It's correct. It's three point. It's three point games. It's not about. I'm so I, I'm a pragmatist in that way, right? Where if you tell me I have one chance to do one thing, that's what I'm doing because the standings at the end of the season make me mad. They still do. It's been true. It's been true for years. I don't. I don't like teams coasting into the coasting into the postseason on losers' points. I never have. I never will. Uh. So that's it. That's that's the obvious. That's the obvious choice, and it's super duper boring because it's practical and pragmatic and whatever. But I I think that the results are that skewed for a reason because I I think that's something that it's one of those things that makes all the logical sense in the world, and there's no great answer for what to to me for why it, for why it isn't already in place. Now that being said. Would it be great if we had larger nets? Absolutely. We could usher in the age of sumo goalies. I know that's like a, that, that's, that's one way to counter, you know, gigantic nets just have like 350 pound uh, goaltenders. I, I, I think that's, I think that's something that would be in play. I'm all for that. But yeah, I, I think, I think if you have one crack to change one thing, you gotta, you, you gotta be pragmatic and you gotta be, you know, sort of, uh, sort of boring with it. And, and the answers reflect that. Um, just and this is gonna sound weird on the sumo goalie thing. Was it the <laughs> Islanders ownership group with Sanjay Kumar and Charles Wong who yep. actually toyed around with the idea of having a 
sumo wrestler as a goalie or am I just, it was that a fever dream? I mean, I think you could say that anything happened with the Charles Wong Islanders and, and you'd have, you'd have a decent chance of being right. You know, I mean, they, they, they almost sold the team to, you know, a grifter <laughs> who, who, uh, you know, there was actually a really great 30 for 30 documentary about, about John Spanos, um, which is just such a wild, wild chapter in, in NHL history. So, so yeah, I, I definitely remember hearing that with the Islanders and that was just one of, you know, a hundred, a hundred crazy things that they, that they, that they toyed around there. Yeah. And one other thing I want to ask you both about on this one is, uh, there was a little bit of support, like 28%, I think, or sorry, 26% of people said, eliminate the shootout and play three on three overtime until you get a winner. And I think that it would be fun, but here's my question for both of you. Do you feel like three on three has lost its shine? Like when it first came in, we were like, wow, this is awesome. This is great. Have coaches taken out the fun of three on three? Do, you, do the two of you still find three on three super exciting and think, you know what? I would be on board with a little bit more three on three. I mean, I'm never excited for overtime. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's watching three on three is obviously better. Like it's faster. You never really know what's going to happen. Like a team could have all of the momentum. They could have all the pressure and then, you know, they get caught on a change or, you know, the other team just gets a, a nice bounce and then all of a sudden you lose. So like, I still think it's exciting. Like I don't think we've lost the the interest in three on three. I don't think it's, it's just not a novelty anymore. It doesn't have that like shiny new toy thing, like ring to it anymore, but like, it's still exciting. I think watching overtime in any game, like if I'm covering it or just watching as a, as a hockey fan, like it's, it's always exciting. It makes me nervous. I don't like it. It's like, you never, you I don't know, <laughs> you watch and you just never know what's going to happen. And so I think it's still pretty exciting. And like, with certain teams, they'll just put one guy in OT the whole time because he's so good at it. Like, Ian, you get to watch Thomas Shabbat play for like the entire overtime period. And usually it doesn't really end up working out for the Sens because he ends up getting gassed and like makes a mistake. And it's like, yeah, maybe he shouldn't have played four and a half minutes of three on three overtime before we lost the game. But, you know, he's the best defenseman and he's one of the better players on the team. So he just like stays out there. I don't know. I, I don't know how you can say that's boring. It's just not like shiny and new anymore. Well, I, I think part of it too is is we've seen coaches adapt, and that's that's always going to happen. Where you know they've figured out how to eliminate some of the risk over the last couple of years versus you know the first the first year we saw it, it was firewagon insanity, right? Like across the board. But yeah, I, I don't have a problem. I, I think three on three is deployed correctly. I, I think we get the right amount of it. I'm also kind of pro shootout. I don't really have a problem with that. I, I know that's I know that probably puts me in the in the minority in, in, in one one way or another, but I'm I'm fine. I'm fine with that deciding regular season games, on honestly. I, I don't think it's any more I don't think it's any it it's not farther away from regular hockey to me than playing whatever, fifteen minutes of, of, of three on three hockey. I'm fine I'm fine with it. Can we just go back to the sumo goalie thing? <laughs> I, yes. I, how, how did, why why is there just, such a delayed reaction to the sumo wrestling goalie? <laughs> we just completely skipped past it. Like you made one comment and then moved on. And I just looked it up and I found a quote from the New York Times in 2012 um, from Mike Milbury. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So, so it was the Islanders. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. thing, yeah. <laughs> Mike Milbury recalled that Wang wanted to get rid of the team's scouts and try out sumo wrestlers as goaltenders. 
quote, he assumed that nobody could put a goal past a sumo wrestler. He was a man of his word, a guy who desperately wanted to keep the team on the island, and uh, so his heart was in the right place. So he, I guess they were tired of losing and just said, like, let's get a sumo wrestler in the net. No one's going to beat us. Like, no one's going to get past this guy if you just put him in some pads. How much money would you spend to sit in on the meeting between Mike Milberry and Charles Wong where where sumo goalies came up? I I have $200 burning in a hole in my pocket to hop in a time machine and listen to that one. Oh my God. I'd love to be in on the worst ideas ever pitched. Uh, you know, <laughs> That's not like, bad. I think that, un, like, yeah, like unbelievable. Like that. Yeah. I, Ian, I, Ian, <laughs> Ian wants to sit in on the worst ideas ever pitched and also sumo goalies, which is as we've established, one of the best <laughs> ideas that anybody's ever had. Exactly. It checks out. Like when you think of the best goaltenders, yeah, they're mobile, but like they're big. They fill the net. You can't shoot past them if you just put imagine, a guy. <laughs> imagine, imagine if Ben Bishop weighed four hundred pounds. He'd be, he'd right? be unstoppable. Six, six, six eight, record. Six, seven. Six, shutout record. Yeah, six, seven, yeah. four hundred and fifteen pounds. That's incredible. That's what I want my rule change to be. Every team needs one sumo wrestler goalie. Yeah, there we go. That's okay, what so I implement. The next question game. that we asked in our poll, and again, we got some great feedback on this. We asked the question, if you could choose one of the following options to maybe improve or alter the schedule or the format for the NHL, what would you choose? And this one was a pretty interesting answer. We gave four options and all of them had at least 10% of the vote. So that kind of indicates that there's some appetite for all of them. Um, I'll run through the options and walk our listeners through what the support was. And then we'll chat about which one uh, maybe the, the three of us would pick if we had the choice. So again... What's the one thing you would do to change or alter the schedule, the format? The most support, 41% of people voted for shifting the playoff format to a 1-16. to So you just take the 16 best playoff teams, you rank them 1-16, to and then that way, in theory, you could have a Stanley Cup that features Vegas versus Colorado or Tampa and you know Carolina or Boston or whoever you want to put in there and say, uh, it doesn't matter that you're in the same conference you will potentially meet for the Stanley Cup. So that had the most uh, support. The next thing that got a lot of support, almost a quarter of people, 24% saying, let's shorten the regular season. Let's go down to 60 games or maybe something similar to what we saw last season in the pandemic shortened year with 56 games. Almost a quarter of people said, let's shorten the regular season. And then very close behind that, 23% of people said, it's time for the wildcard play-in. Let's go to, we've seen it in Major League Baseball. We've seen it a little bit in the NBA. Let's go to the wildcard playoff uh, format. And then about 11% of people said, let's get crazy. Let's allow the highest seeded teams to pick their opponents in the first two rounds of the playoffs. So if you're Tampa and you're the number one seed in the East, you get to look down at the seven teams below you and say, you know what? Give me, uh, give me the Rangers or... Give me whoever, give me, give me Montreal, give me, you know, whoever, whoever you think you match up best with, or maybe whoever's ravaged by injuries, you do that. Got about 11% of support. So I asked the two of you, Sean, let's start with you on this one. You get to pick one thing that we mentioned here. What are you picking to uh, improve or alter the, uh, the schedule of the format? Are you surprised that 24% of the vote went to shortening the regular season? That seemed like that seemed like a lot to me. And I don't know, maybe that's a traditional streak that I have that I didn't know that I had. 
and God knows I'm not going to complain because I, I part that was the one thing that I enjoyed last season. Honestly, was the was the uh, was the short kind of condensed regular season schedule. So that I mean, as a one off, I was all, all for it. But man, I don't I, I'm I, I can't get on board with that. I can't get on board with nuking single season records and and uh, just mm-hmm. record board or record book stuff in general. Uh, I, I'm I'm not. I'm not on board with that. And it's wild to me that 24% of the, of the vote went to that. Um, that being said, I am a wild card playing guy. Um, I watched it happen in the NBA in this past season where you have, you know, team seven through 10 in each conference plan to decide who, who gets, who gets the seven and eight seeds. Um, it was a blast. It was a nice little, you know, a moose bouche for the uh, for for the actual postseason, and I and I think it it also um, made the back end of the regular season a little bit more interesting too, because you had you know at one point the I mean, not to get too off track, but like the Warriors were maybe in the chase at one point after falling out of it, you know, er, early on, um, and it made me as an NBA fan. I don't cover basketball; I just like watching it. It made me. Uh, pay closer attention not just to the turn not just to the little mini tournament itself but to the games that led up to it so i think that's a i think that's a great idea i would i would love to see it and i know pierre lebrun in 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 the not not too distant past has written about that as a pretty legitimate uh possibility for the league so i'm i'm on board with it uh just as a you know when when in doubt i i pick fun and that to me is is the most fun choice uh out of, out of those four well, it makes sense to expand the playoffs. You know, I'm pretty sure the amount of teams that make it to the playoffs have been the same for a really long time. And now there's 32 NHL teams, but there's still only, you know, 16 spots in the playoffs. So, like, we're expanding the amount of teams in the league, but we're not expanding the postseason. So it, I think it just makes sense. You know, Gary Bettman keeps saying that he's not going to do it. Um I would go off the board for this though. Like I like the plan. I think it's fun. I to be devil's advocate against the plan. Like I don't know how. I mean, how many good teams were just knocked out during that plan round, and that's their fault. Like you have to win a playoff round. Um, but you know, you had the the Leafs and the Oilers just out, and you know those were supposed to be two of the the best teams. And I mean, we flash forward to this year and. There's no playing round, and they both just lose in the first round. So, what difference does it make if they're both right. exiting early? Um, but I think the upsets are fun. I think it it adds another layer to the playoffs. But yeah, I'm gonna go off the board. Like I want to go back to the old playoff structure. Personally, like I don't like the divisional realignment yeah, that happened was- in 2013-14. I hate it. I think it it knocks out some of the best teams way too early, and it takes away some of the the better matchups like it just made more sense before with the with the reseeding and and having it that way th- with up and down the conference I don't like it now I think I don't know I I hate it I've always hated it I always complain about it um so I'd like to go back to like pre 2013-14 playoff realignment well it's it's funny they took the th- they had a goal there right which was to set up these rivalry series as much as possible you want to get Penn's Capitals and you want to get Leafs Bruins or whatever you want to just get kind of hammer those and get those teams playing each other as, as much as possible. That's understandable to some extent, but man, it gets, it gets stale. 
I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's been, it's been long enough, I, I think. So yeah, I'm all for, I'm all for changing the playoff structure in one way or another, because yeah, get, getting away from, from the divisionally based thing, like uh, I'm all, I'm all for that. Well, I mean, for me personally, like I always find the first and second rounds now way better than the conference final and the final. Like I'm way more interested in the early stuff, which shouldn't it shouldn't be that way like it should get more exciting as it goes on because the stakes are higher but as it gets on I'm just like no like my favorite mm-hmm. two rounds of playoffs this year was Carolina Nashville and Florida Tampa and then after that I was like okay like Tampa's good oh yeah Tampa just won again like oh I just didn't I checked out of the playoffs after the mm-hmm. first round and you know yeah you want to get those matchups but then then what's your Stanley Cup final gonna look like I mean, you covered the you covered the flames, so you so you yeah. were checked out well before the first round. Uh, we had game playing during the first round. I That's was right. working Vancouver, during the first round of the playoffs. Vancouver, yeah. Calgary. <laughs> Don't forget it. Who could, who oh could forget? God. I put that I put that out of my brain. I'm I'm yeah. sure I'm sure the guys I'm sure the guys who were in those games haven't forgotten them. Oh, Drant yeah. and I were killing it with the postseason coverage on the Flames and Canucks. <laughs> The they, they, they played one game after three playoff games. I remember specifically tweeting, "Ah, oh, yes, <laughs> like now the main event, like this is the final card of the evening. It was like yeah. meaningless Flames Canucks. They should have gotten some kind of trophy for that for that series. <laughs> a banner. Someone someone should have won something. Yeah, mm-hmm. a banner, exactly. The Flames won that series. So it was a postseason win for Calgary. <laughs> Yeah, what a oh, what a, what what a professional highlight that must have been for you covering that, really, that. Yeah, I was sitting at home actually watching it. It was great. I had fun. Anyways, Ian, take it away. Yes. <laughs> On to and by the way, for the record, I would go for the play in, the wild card play in, yeah. because I think it's only happened one time organically, and it was that Philly Rangers 2010 last game of the yep. year, and then ironically went to a shootout. And but it was great theater, great drama, and you can't expect that to happen organically. If you do, you maybe you get it once every ten years or fifteen years. Bring it in; it's been great for baseball, like you said. It's been great for the NBA, uh, but but incentivize it so that if you finish at the top of your uh, division or in the top whatever, maybe the top six seeds in each conference don't have to play around with this, but mm-hmm. incentivize it. Right that now you've created more races, like the race for sixth, so that you're not playing in the play-in game and you know it, it just to me i think it would be uh it would be a lot better for uh, for the national hockey league three game three game series man very simple i do want to hit on one other question before we tackle what i think is going to be the most fun part of this podcast not that we haven't had fun already by talking about sumo wrestlers and the canucks and <laughs> flames uh, at the end of the year uh but i love the fact that this next question got quite a wide array of votes and i, I think it's really interesting because i think what it says to me uh, the results of this poll is that there's a lot of fans who are unhappy with the current model of the salary cap in the NHL, which is, it's really surprised. It kind of surprised me. Maybe it didn't surprise you, but it's kind of surprised me. So once again, for the purposes of this question, I will walk us through and our listeners through the question, the responses, and kind of the, uh, the, the amount of traction each of them got the amount of support. Okay. So the question is, Hey, you get to change one thing about contracts or salary caps in the NHL? Like, what would you choose? If we gave you the power to change one thing, what would it be? The number one um, vote that came in, more than 35% of people voted for, it's time to start factoring in state and provincial taxes 
to the salary cap. Like, what does and that in even fact, mean? You know what? Why don't we just start with <laughs> what that? Does because that mean? Okay. I, I, guys, I was blown away that <laughs> this was the number one. Is this some weird? What happened Canadian, here? Is this some weird Canadian like hobby horse where there's like one where there's like one fan base that is like obsessed with this because th- because this is wild. When I saw the list, right? Because Ian, Ian, you you wrote up you wrote up the poll. Like all the all the questions are great and the choices are great. But I saw that one. I was like, I was like, who would who would who would vote for that? Everybody, apparently, 35%. apparently, thirty-five percent of four hundred people did, which is. I, I want to individually think, ask every single one of them, like, what do you think that means to you, like tangibly? What- do you think? That, but this is an <laughs> anger towards the Tampa Bay Lightning, like that. That people are so angry, they think, oh, there's no. It's that state tax in Florida, yeah. and Stephen Stamkos can take is home more it? money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tam- like, is this is this all this is? Yeah. It's like in basketball. It's like in basketball. Everybody says, like, nobody wants to play for the Raptors because the taxes are crazy in Canada and it's cold. Like, when Kawhi came here, it was this huge thing. Like, he's not going to stay. It's, like, cold as shit. And, like, he's going to get taxed, like, half of his contract. And, like, obviously he left, but he said it was because he wanted to play back home, whatever. But, like, there's this just thing in Canada, and you see it more specifically in the NBA because there's just one Canadian team. But you see it. Like, it's not a free agent destination because these players are very well aware that they're not going to take home the same amount of money uh, in Toronto if they sign somewhere else. And, you know, (laughs) everybody knows, like, you get tax breaks in in certain places, which makes them – uh, more attractive to play in and then you factor in escrow and you sign with a Canadian team and you're getting taxed and you've got escrow and, and right now you've got whatever backloaded contracts that you've signed because of everything with the pandemic and yeah I get it I, I'm not surprised like I, for me I'm like okay what does that mean like what are people actually going to do to factor that in but like I'm not shocked you know <laughs> it's probably all the Canadian fans saying that for sure because they're like nobody wants to come here this is residual anger over over Stamkos resigning with the Lightning. Like people haven't forgotten, <laughs> right? I was shocked by this. I, yeah. I I'm not gonna lie to you. It, it was the last option I put on because I was like, well, what else can I put on the list? I'll put this on, and it won by a healthy margin. Thirty five percent of people. It's a good idea. It's a talking point. I'm being like half facetious. I know it. It, it comes up. It's come up you know, plenty of times. Cer- certainly in hoops. Thirty five percent crazy yeah and but then 25 percent of people voted uh, the, the next po- most popular option on this was also salary cap related and about 25 percent of people said look get rid of the hard salary cap and move to a soft cap meaning a luxury tax so we you know you see this in major league baseball you get the big spenders and you and for the hockey purposes let's say it's 80 million is the is the is the threshold and once you go you you're allowed to go over 80 million but once you do you have to start paying tax and the problem becomes i think uh and you see it in baseball all the time when the giant the the, the giant teams i don't mean san francisco i mean uh the yankees and the red sox just simply can go ahead and they're like we don't care we'll spend 200 million on on payroll and mm-hmm. that's fine the fear would be i think in hockey that teams like the rangers and the Toronto Maple Leafs that it would go back to the late '90s, early 2000s, where they could just spend willy nilly. Were you guys surprised that this was the next most popular vote? That people said get rid of the hard salary cap and move to a luxury tax model. Um, just considering like how many players and teams are getting pinched because of the flat cap, I'm not super surprised. I think that's like recency bias of people thinking like 
oh, well, this guy walked because he couldn't get the contract or this player, you know, signed over there instead because this team's really tight to the cap. Like I think this perception that the salary cap has been kind of the greatest enemy over the last couple of years um, for teams, like there's not that many trades and the free agent market was kind of slow. Not this year. There was a ton of, there's millions of dollars spent. Um, but, you know, I'm not super surprised just because there's been this kind of narrative about, you know, it's because of the flat cap that X, Y, Z is happening right now in the league. So I'm not super shocked, but I, I think that's recency bias talking because if you went back to the luxury tax, like the really rich organizations would just build super teams and, and that's, you know, not that fun. I will say though, well, first off, I'm, I'm not surprised that we're at 25% on this one because I saw that enormous teal piece of the pie on our, on our graph here for the, uh, for the state provincial taxes. Like of course, so this is a mainly Canadian listeners voted in this Ian, you know, Ian tweeted out the poll first, like it's skewed. Of course, of course, Canadian teams are not are not going to want a salary cap because it because or Canadian fans are not going to want a salary cap because it benefits their teams most directly. I will say about the luxury tax uh, system. Yes, it benefits whatever the Dodgers and the Yankees of the world, right? Because it it gives them you know to some extent it gives them carte blanche to go out and get who they want. It also causes problems if you have cheap. I don't want to say, I, well, I, I shouldn't say cheap. Eh, look at the, look, no, well, look at the, look at the Boston Red Sox, right? Like they're not, they're not a cheap quote unquote ownership group necessarily. But when you introduce a luxury tax, you talk about it, you, you have like repeater fines, right? Where if you go over it one year, it's X percent. If you go over it another year, it increases to Y percent on and on. These teams are terrified, terrified of the repeater tax. So the end result there is you have the Red Sox who punted on last season. They traded Mookie Betts, who's reigning MVP, you know, biggest name in baseball. Everybody loved him, hero for Red Sox fans and little kids and blah, blah. And they dumped him solely because his next contract was going to put them into that repeater clause area. So it does, there are sort of, you know the the law of unintended consequences is kind of in play here with stuff like that, and it's it, it's not necessarily the big markets and the big teams. It's you're talking about rich people who own these teams who are hell bent on not paying you know a certain margin of a, of the tax. So whatever, the be careful. I guess the the upshot there, and that's a real, it's a really long long winded way of saying it, is that you got to be careful what you wish for whenever you start talking about luxury taxes because it is not working in baseball and in the NBA in the NBA system is complicated to the point where you know where it's it's tough to even cover as as a sport when when you're talking about all, all the various uh tax rules so yeah i um i don't i don't love i don't love that system uh in general my pick here honestly is to get rid of entry level deals and allow rookies to make more money, which I feel like I just skipped ahead because I know we were going answer by answer. But that's oh, this is great. But that's that's up. yeah, I'm blowing it up. But that's that's my personal hobby horse. And twelve and twelve point five percent of the of the voters went with that, and that's kind of where I am too personally. Yeah, and you know the the one I would pick is the one that got about seventeen percent of the the vote, and it would be to create a. Um, Cap out contracts at five years. You could only sign contracts for five years. And I know that you might 
when you hear that, you might be thinking that I'm like pro team. I'm actually pro player on this one because I do think, and Austin Matthews is a great example. I think Austin Matthews signing a five-year deal, he's going to be able to maximize his value again. And I think sometimes when you lock yourself in for seven or eight years, when that contract expires, you don't necessarily have the same amount of runway to monetize. So I would always be, and I think it helps protect the teams too a little bit because sometimes you get into these six, seven, eight year deals. And then by year three, you're like, what have we done? But I think for the, you're protecting, you're protecting them from themselves, right? You protect the teams from themselves. And then the very best of the best, you allow them to repeatedly monetize themselves or at least monetize themselves one more time in their prime. So that, that would be the one for me. I don't know about you, Haley. There was a couple of other options. We said, Hey, uh, maybe people would like to get rid of no trade clauses. Uh, About 8% of people, uh, 7% of people said, yeah, Get rid of no trade clauses. Um, we don't they're like all, to see th- those. Are those are all Oilers fans, by the way? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's your pick here, Haley? You can choose one thing to change contracts or the salary cap. What would your vote be? Yeah, I guess like just to piggyback off what you said too, though, Ian, just about like the five year deals. Like, if I think the bridge deal is the best contract for like a star player to sign because that gives them the most amount of control over their career and the amount of money that they can make. Like you come out of your, you sign a bridge deal for whatever, and then you come out of your bridge deal and and typically you'll have like arbitration rights and then one year until UFA and like you just have all of the leverage, all the control to just (laughs) sign. (laughs) You can milk that. So depending on the player, obviously, but you're a you know a key RFA for an organization with arbitration rights, and you're only one year away from UFA status. Like the team can either sign you to a crazy deal um, or sign you for one year, and then you walk to UFA status. Like it's that's a crazy amount of control um, over your career. So like I'm pro if you're pro player, I'm I'm always pro bridge deal. Um, I think that just adds nice lots of chaos, which I enjoy. Um, but to answer this question, like I don't know. Like in terms of the entry level contracts, I don't think we get rid of them, but I think the max that they can sign should be higher. Like I think the you know you have players coming in and and they're making like well, I guess now it's more. I think now the 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 max that a player can get on their ELC is like nine hundred, nine fifty, nine hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. Like so, you have teams. <laughs> it, it allows teams to kind of take that space and then use the money elsewhere and just say like, okay, we're going to maximize the fact that we've got a star player making under a million dollars and we can like do all this extra stuff before we have to actually pay them, which I guess could be like a good fun thing if the team does it right. I, I know that the Canucks fans are, were really mad about the way that <laughs> Vancouver failed to take advantage of the fact that they had Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson on entry level contracts the last two years. Um, but I think like these are, potential stars. These are star players. Like these are not insignificant pieces doing nothing through their ELC. Like these are some of the best players uh, at their position, depending on who we're talking about. And they're making like $900,000. So I, I think that's shitty. I think these players should, should be making whatever they're worth. I think there's also a decent argument. There's a pro team argument to limiting, uh, or I mean, we can say limiting entry level deals, but it, but if, if you have, if you have guys hitting, UFA within five years of the first of the first game they play. Let's just use that as like as like the baseline. There's a there's a pro team component there too, because they'll be able to sign players through their actual prime years. So if if you have a guy 
if you if you if you if a guy hits UFA at 23 or whatever rather than 27 the odds that there's a return on the investment is much 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 higher and what you see now and that's why UFA is such a sucker's bet because these mm-hmm. guys are making it to the market once they're on the downside of their career and it sucks and it makes me feel like 100 years old but when you're talking about an NHL player who's 27 or 28 the odds are good that you know two years in or three years in, he's not going to be worth that deal. So there is, you know, you are putting more money in players' pockets. You're getting them more control over their over their careers, but you're also sort of tilting the scales a little bit differently for, for teams when it comes to the free agency market. All right. Uh, Haley, earlier in this, uh, this segment um, and in this show, you said, I love chaos. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's your exact quote. Yeah. You said, I love chaos. So we wanted to leave a significant chunk of time for us to really embrace chaos here. And the last question we asked in this poll was, hey, tell us something that you'd like to see change in the game that we didn't list in this poll question. And we got a wide array of fun answers, crazy ideas. This is what we really really wanted to do. We wanted to have some fun with this. But I'm going to give you my idea first, and you tell me if this is crazy or there's some merit to it, okay? What if we got rid of offside? Just And just hear me out. I think you could stretch the ice a little bit. You could, uh, like, just just explain to me what would be the, what would be the worst thing. As, as Sean talked about earlier, sometimes there's unintended consequences. Like, so let's just say, for fun, we got rid of offside. What would happen? Cherry pickers, like all day long. <laughs> oh, oh, no, more goals? More goals? Is that, Cherry is that picking goals. No, you're basically just like allowing, I don't know. You're just going to like allow a team to like have a guy just sit in front of the goalie all the time. You're going to have like that one power forward. Okay, but then the other team's got a five on four. Like, (sighs) I I don't, like. I don't know. I get it. It would be so, it would be so unfair to institute the end of the offsides rule whenever Phil Kessel was at the end of his career. That's not right. (laughs) That's not right. He should have benefited from this. He'd he'd have, he'd have, uh, he'd be an 1100 goal player. Like, can you imagine you just, you, you post a guy there and like, I don't know. I don't, it's no, it's not my thing. I get it. That would be chaotic. I get it. Right. But I thought you guys would embrace chaos, more offense. Oh, no, because then like, you know, you're adding in the, the goals that this person who's just going to hang out there all the time is going to score. But then like, are we going to lose the kind of speed through the neutral zone? Are we going to lose some of that stuff? Like what is your incentive to actually like enter and exit the zone cleanly and nicely with like speed and skill? If you can just throw the puck into the guy who's sitting there in the crease waiting for it. We've already, we've already decided that, you know, whether it's three on three or shootout or whatever, we're choosing things to decide games that just deviate immensely from the way hockey is normally played. (laughs) So, Maybe we split the baby here. Maybe that's what overtime turns into. Is that there's no offside in overtime? And yeah, that's there like, you go. And that's See? and that's like so and that's like that's the that. way in. Well, right again. This is but it's you all about remember, like, it's, you, it's all about it's all about risk assessment. I think yeah. I'm, I think I'm coming over to team to to TV. What's on the this, return baby? on investment if you take, get you know rid what? of Why offside? don't we we need to start this in the AHL? 
Like start in the age. <laughs> Absolutely. Let them be the guinea pigs for this. They're just going to pad their stats shit, and everyone's going to look like the best prospect in the world when you're yeah, looking at them on fine. paper. Like, look at how many chaos. What's that? What's, what's more chaotic than having no idea how good a prospect is as, you, as he Ask comes in the, in the NHL? Let's do it. That's oh. going to yeah. give poor Corey like a migraine if he has to like I, deal with everyone being like, but he scored 60 goals in 20 games. <laughs> and he'd be like, no. Corey. But, Corey needs a break. We've been on the phone a lot over over mm. the last couple of days for Olympics. Oh, that's tough. But just, just just to wrap up this thought, and we have a whole bunch of really fun ideas that uh, that people submitted. Uh, but if you go back to the early like the early iteration of the NHL, like you weren't allowed to pass the puck forward at one point. Like mm-hmm. it, it's Rugby nuts, rules? right? Like you think, right? Like if you think about the rules of the game, like you couldn't pass the puck forward uh, in the offensive zone. Like what? Like when just was strange rules that you you look back on and you think like what were they thinking? But obviously the game has evolved. Okay, so on to the super fun stuff. Let's start with this one. And I think Sean, I think this um, when you tweeted this out, actually, I think it was a guy that uh, oh, I responded. Forgot about, with I this. forgot about this guy. Okay? This, one's, this one's unbelievable. This yeah. is a great idea. And what I think is amazing, and maybe this guy uh, is clairvoyant. He could see the future. But he proposed the offer sheet rule, the mandatory RFA offer sheet rule. And uh, he, he floated this idea to us uh, before, we want to say, uh, make this clear. He floated to the, uh, this to us before what happened on the weekend with the Carolina Hurricanes and the Montreal Canadiens, in which maximum chaos uh, ensued involving Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Okay, but here's the idea. Here's the premise as we start to sink our teeth into some fun, wacky, weird, off the wall ideas. This guy says there's a mandatory RFA offer sheet rule. So every team in the league has to submit an offer sheet to another team's RFA, exactly like what Carolina did to Montreal's Jesperi Katkaniemi on the weekend. So this is how it would work, okay? Every offseason, if you don't have your RFA player signed um, after a certain date, He's eligible to be offer sheeted. And every team, the rule that this guy said is every team has to put in an offer sheet on 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 at least one RFA. And <laughs> this guy, this guy is an evil genius, who whoever he is. This guy is evil genius. Obviously, we saw it with Kot Kanyemi on the weekend, but you know, Brady Kachuk was out, is out there. Uh, the two guys in Vancouver, Quinn Hughes, Elias Pettersson, Rasmus Dahlin. Like by this guy's logic and his rule. You have to do this. Every year, you have to submit at least one offer sheet to an available RFA. And it would certainly get the uh, the blood boiling. We certainly, I think we saw that on the weekend with the Habs and the, and the Hurricanes. So I want to know what this esteemed panel thinks of this off-the-wall idea. What do we think about mandatory RFA offer sheets? Love it. Let's do it. <laughs> There needs to be the barn fight period yeah, after the exactly. after the after the RFA window closes, where where it can be Brian Burke versus Kevin Lowe or, or or whatever. I want. I, I mean, my God, we've been saying this for ten years, fifteen years, however long. Like more offer sheets, please. Like it's it, it's a tool for it's a tool for insanity that GMs, you know, just are terrified to <laughs> are terrified to dip in the in, into the toolbox for. Let's 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 make it happen. Anything to kick that into gear. Thumbs up. Yeah. Ian, remember when we were like seriously discussing if there's going to be a Dougie Hamilton sign and trade? And we were like, wait, that never happens. Why are we even talking about this? Like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, why do we even bring this up on the podcast? Idiots. Um, He did not get, there was no sign and trade. Um, 
But I, I like half of the idea. Like I like the idea of having an offer sheet window where you have this period where like teams can go and and do that. Like I don't think it needs to be mandatory for every team to do it. But like if you could have this idea that there's like a window for teams to offer sheet players, I think that really like ups the ante for the teams to sign their RFAs and not drag it out <laughs> until training camp. Um, it also, well, I guess then that kind of having that window would like take away the drama of a guy like showing up to camp like three days late because he was sitting out because you have that window where you're either going to get off. We know that those or- guys those guys always show up. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess that's kind of a good thing. Like, we get rid of that. Like, when's he going to sign? Let's right. Remember the daily William Nylander update of, like, when's he going to sign? I don't know. And it was, like, the day of the deadline. So maybe that's a good yeah. thing. If, I- you, if, you, if you regulate it and you say, like, okay, GMs, this is this is when you can do it. You take away, like, mm-hmm. the whole summer. Will it happen? Won't, ha- won't it happen? Whatever. Yeah. Give us a window. <laughs> if you – totally. It's – yeah. Rip regulate it and, and whatever else. I'm, I'm sure you'd see more for sure. Yeah. And it gives like a, it would give, yeah, just that space where, where it's like normal. Like it's a, it's a <laughs> offer sheet window. It's not just this like big scary thing that nobody wants to do anymore. Like it's a part of the NHL off season. And again, like it just, it gives teams the incentive to sign their RFAs. We don't have to sit here all summer and be like, when are they going to sign? I don't know. And it's like Mm -hmm. the same story over and over again all summer. But I don't think it needs to be mandatory. Sorry, Ian, I cut you off again. (laughs) The concept though that I I find interesting about this, he's like, every team is forced to offer sheet one player. Yeah. What if everybody offer sheeted the same guy? That's what I mean. Like like you said, 30 guys do that. But then what, what... like, would there be a public way to find out about? Like, I mean, this it would is have our, to be like you? the expansion draft. Like, right. it happens. So, and so, so Frank Cervelli is the only one who knows, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, Frank Frank ruins it for everybody. No, yeah. the, the league would need to have the show, the, the offer sheet show, like an hour after the window closes, not <laughs> yeah. like seven hours. It needs to happen, close the window, and then they have the hour to like either, ooh, this is fun, I like it. Then everyone you have like an hour to either match it or the player signs when the offer sheets and it goes quick. <laughs> One Yo, hour, man, making, that's it. Yeah, it's an hour. Wow. I, I, I thought you yeah. were talking like a week, an hour no. even better, dude. Let's you go. Get, no, like the window is longer, but you have it like an hour mm-hmm. once it closes to decide. Love it. Yeah, Love it could a, be a live I show. These are the fun, the fun ideas. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody else wrote in and said there should be a term limit on the commissioner. That 25 or 30 years for the same commissioner is too long. And I want to add to that, would you be on board with A, you get term limits, but B, what about like a campaign for the new commissioner? <laughs> yes? Like there's a platform and, and, and we probably wouldn't get to vote. Fans wouldn't get to vote, and, but maybe the teams do. But wouldn't you be all in on people openly campaigning to be the, the commissioner and having speeches and having a debate? Like wouldn't that oh be fun? God. What you do you think what? Gary Bettman's campaign slogan would have been? Oh, good question. What's his like? What's his re-election campaign slogan? If that's oh, that's a I'm good more question. focused on what the death match between Bill Daly and John Collins would look like about five years ago. That would have been that would have been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. No. But I. but I think there's wouldn't it? I'm just saying, wouldn't it be fun if people openly campaigned for the commissioner, and then there was a voting process, and we got to watch a debate, and they had a platform. Oh, this is all the, like the only the the 
we need to have debates. That's what needs to, that what that's what needs to come out of this. We need like we need like nine people or twelve people or whatever <laughs> yelling over each other. Oh my god, was it was it was this in the comments? I love this. Yes, Wouldn't, that would just make people like hate whoever the commissioner is even more because you're gonna have the, uh, like bad bad news who like hated <laughs> gonna- that guy. <laughs> Like even more so because they see his campaign and they hate the campaign so much, but then he ends up commissioner. Like you're not just going to hate the new commissioner because he like said something stupid. Like you're going to hate him because of his whole campaign that, that you would have saw and all the debates that made you think he was an asshole. Like it's going to make people hate him even more. I was was already, I was already to sit here and talk about abolishing the draft for like 15 minutes, which is, you know, (laughs) another thing entirely, which, which I would love to do. But now, now I'm all in on, on televised commissioner debates. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Well, you know what, though? I, that is a good uh, segue into the idea of abolishing the draft. And I know that, uh, uh, I think it was Josh Cloak who had the column, right, about maybe two months ago, right around the draft time. And uh, it was a great piece by Josh. And it was just, again, thinking outside the box. What if we eliminated the draft? And I know everyone's thought it was to get angry and, oh, we can't do it. But what if that angry? happened? What if you... What? Angry hockey fans? What? No. Like, it's bizarre. But what wh- what what do you think about the idea of abolishing the entry draft and essentially the minute you turn 18 and the argument is simply this. If you are a student or you're in a university and you graduate, you don't simply just get drafted by like Microsoft has drafted you. Like you have some degree of control over your career coming out of school. Mm-hmm. In virtually, and I understand that there's no collective bargaining, but I understand that. But the concept and the premise is simply this, that you're an adult and you should be able to choose your place of employment. And you and people for the people who automatically think, wow, everyone's going to go to Toronto or everyone's going to go to uh, you know Los Angeles or Tampa, there might be players out there who say, wow, those rosters are pretty stacked. I'm not going to get my chance to get playing time, money. I'm going to go. I'm going to Columbus or I'm going to New Jersey or I'm going to Nashville or I'm going, right? So is there any merit to the idea of, because the the best teams can't have everybody. So is there any merit to abolishing the draft? Every team has a set number of entry-level contracts they can sign in a given year. And you have a bonus pool that you work from. You have, it could be whatever, just make, make up what, make, make up whatever that is. Every team has the same has the same amount of money they can spend and the same amount of roster spots they can devote to it and just just see what happens. I it's it's a verify it, it it's a um it's a it's a variation on what you see and I and now I'm coming back to baseball. I I hate the way baseball is run, but but the draft system is really interesting to me because you have slot you have a slot value that's assigned to to every player. You can't pay them more than that. If you if you're a team and you want to max out like your bonus pool on your on your first overall pick, that's on you. You can do it. Or you can take a guy who's, you know, who's maybe looking for less money, who save some money there, and then spend it on the back end on, say, your second pick or your or your third pick. The Pittsburgh Pirates just did did this in, in a pretty interesting way a, a couple a couple months ago. I I love it. And the only argument against it, honestly, is that is that it's too much of a it's too different from from the system that's in place now, honestly. Yeah, I don't like I I get it because I I don't know if this is coming from the last two years of the draft being like stupidly long and everyone <laughs> not being able to watch it and 
Um, but yeah, I, I just think, I think that, and maybe this is just me being so set in the ways, like I think players do end up having a lot of control in their career. It's not like they're just locked into one team for the rest of their life. That's why teams talk about, okay, like you are now an unrestricted free agent. You've earned that. You get to earn the, the you get to go and choose wherever you want. That's your right as someone who got to UFA status. You're one of the big fish in, in this pond. You get to pick wherever you want to go. Um, cause you've gotten to that point in your career. Um, and I mean, we just saw, we saw with Adam Fox in Calgary, he didn't want to play for the flames and he, he's not playing for the flames. Like he's in, he forced the trade and then he didn't want to play in Carolina and now he's in New York city. So it's not like these, and that's obviously one example in what's hundreds of kids who've been drafted over the last several years, but it's not like these players are being handcuffed and said, like, go and work at this like shitty little shopping mall. Like you're getting drafted into the NHL. I'm not, I don't want to be the one that's like poo-pooing on like you get the right to choose where you work, but like you're getting drafted into a hockey league. I don't think it's that deep. (laughs) I don't know. I I wonder if there is some merit to like, again, as we talk about some of these ideas that sometimes we find the middle ground, right? So would there be merit and just, Hey, listen, the NHL draft is two rounds. That's it. Just two rounds. That's Mm. it. Maybe. Uh, Right. yeah, I I think that's I, you could have like a split system. So I, I so one argument against uh, against blowing up the draft is like your or that people like to fall back on because it is it's, it seems like this would happen would be that you're removing tradable assets, so you're taking away first round picks and third round picks and whatever. That's not the way it needs to be. Like you can still you you theoretically could be able to trade entry-level contract spots so you could go out and find somebody else you could trade bonus money there's ways to structure it so you still sort of keep that you know that element that element in the game i think i think having like a like a draft of first round and second round players would be would be dodgy though because i i think you're you're sort of there's two there'd be two different playing fields and two different systems for two different classes of players and i i don't know i don't i don't know what that would look like I, it's interesting i'm i have i haven't i haven't really thought about the one all that much and like would the rest of the players just come from like signing spots like would you have two rounds of the draft and then you just have like elc spots so you could go out and find exactly. those depth players like i get yeah. that i don't know maybe i'm just like old and cranky <laughs> Like no, yeah, you're, I like no, you're chaos, just, but not you're just, that much. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're just anti labor. That's fine. <laughs> that's, I know I probably true. come off like such an ass. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, I, you actually, don't get to Haley, choose this... where you work, kid. Just shut up. <laughs> yeah. Shut up and yeah. report to camp. Report to camp. <laughs> uh, actually, Haley, this next one is one that I think you'd be interested in. We had a couple of people uh, write this in in their uh, write in poll saying I would like to see the NHL adopt some sort of soccer slash EPL style regula- uh, relegation, meaning <laughs> the teams that finish at the bottom of the standings or as the, what do they say over there? The table? Is that what the they say? Table. They, finish table. The yes. of, they finish at the bottom of the table. Yes. But the, the, the teams that finish at the bottom would be sent to the AHL. I'm just using that for argument's sake. And then the best two or three, whatever teams or whoever wins the AHL comes up. Like how would this even look Haley in the NHL, if we were basing it off of the EPL or some sort of model from from overseas. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that you like bring up the EPL because I, I did just pull up Cloak's uh, article and he was 
Uh, I was scrolling through the comments and like one of the first ones is like, nobody should be looking at the Premier League for advice <laughs> on what to do. <laughs> things are things are not going great over there. No, right no, no. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that like obviously in, in the Premier League, like you have 20 clubs in the EPL and then there's like, you know, the top of the table, which which does like the. Champions League, whatever, and then there's just the middle ground, and they'll they'll play for whatever little other tournaments there are. Like that's the thing. Like it works in in soccer because there's different things that everyone gets to play for. Whereas hockey, like there's just this one thing. Like it's just the Stanley Cup, and that's it. Whereas like it, like if you don't make the Champions League, you can go to the Super Copa or like Copa del Rey, and there's like all these different like little Concacaf and whatever. However you want to look at it, there's like all these different tournaments that there's like something to play for like up and down the table and then there's the teams who are trying not to get relegated which in theory would make you know the battle between whatever like Arizona and Buffalo more exciting next year um but then where are they going to go like hockey just doesn't have that long history or infrastructure to to do that like are they what are we just going to cut out 12 teams put them as the lower level league and then have that as like the relegation station. Like it's, I don't know. It, it, I don't know. It's weird. It's a good question. Like it could make things more competitive, especially at the bottom of the standings. But is that what people care about? Like, or do people want Arizona and Buffalo to like battle Royale? I think with hockey, it's tough because so much of the revenue comes from, and oh, whatever, this has changed a little bit with the new TV deal, but so much of the revenue comes from uh, ticket sales. Mm-hmm. So whenever you're talking about like, an AHL stadium that's monetized or an AHL arena and it's monetized like, like an H, like an AHL arena with and whatever don't need to go too far into it, but with luxury boxes and sponsor activation mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of really boring business questions that I think would oh, yeah. nuke this. That would just, that, that none of this stuff is going to happen, obviously, but yeah. the business questions, the economic questions that would come issues that, that that sort of switch would create are enough to make me think that it's something that I it's wouldn't too really crazy. want. Because yeah. because marketing a team that, yeah, they finished last in the league the last couple of years, but they're really promising. It's way easier to market that than saying like, yeah, we're in, we got relegated and we can't win our way back up. You know, like it's, it's, I can't imagine it's easy to, to be <laughs> trying to market a yeah. team that's been in the lower tier league for, for years and they're never going to find their way out of it. Um, and then what would that mean for the draft? Like is the, the, the relegation teams, are they still getting good draft selections or is it the bottom of the top of the table? Like it's just in the other thing, the other thing too, imagine if, imagine if like Syracuse wins the AHL or whatever. Okay. So they're, they're in the, there'd be geographical issues that come in, that come into play there because you're talking about Syracuse versus Buffalo versus whatever else. But ultimately an AHL team that jumped up to the NHL would need a new arena. That's just kind of the way, that's just, that's the way, that's the way it works. So you would, you would, you know, you say, all right, you get a one or two year run, but if there was some random, it it, it would, oh God, if if you had any sustained success from, from that team, and if they actually wanted to stay in the AHL, if a team jumped up a level, then you're talking about getting an arena deal done and dealing with municipalities and, and all that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, I, it would be, it would be a mess. Uh, I just want to picture Connor McDavid rolling into Syracuse. 
Imagine. <laughs> I mean, the guy the guy spent years in Erie. It's close enough. Good yeah, lord. Yeah, good point. But no, it's, 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 the, it's the Syracuse of Northwestern PA, as they call it. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny, though, because, like, there was this, um, there's, like, they do that kind of style in rugby, too. Um, and there was a rugby team that launched in, in Toronto. And they, like, you would run into things like teams in the bottom of the table. Because, like, the way it works there is, like, in rugby, the way they did it, like, this team just, like, got created. And they got the approval. And they created this brand new team. And the, it was the Toronto Wolfpack and like the stipulation was that, okay, you've got to start at the bottom of the table and work your way up. And they just went and bought top of the table players. Like they just went out and signed like some of the best rugby players in the world. And they just demolished everybody in the third tier and the second tier. And then they finally made it to the top tier. And then the Super League had like veto power to be like, no, you can't <laughs> join. Like it's relegation stuff it, it sounds like it could be like this fun cool thing but like it's always mm-hmm. way more political and business savvy and complicated than than you think okay a couple of other ones here before we wrap up the show we'll do these kind of quick hitter style you tell me good idea bad idea too crazy <laughs> uh we had one person write in there should be a limit and each team should only be allowed to have one coach on their bench at a time like it don't like it too weird what do you think don't like it you like it i don't, I don't like it what no. what what would what good would come of that well, just, what's well the i point? think i think the the, the the feeling is that there it could lead to more i don't know chaos a little less structure a little less, right like like the, I, they I'm think that the head coach isn't going to be capable of you know saying something about the power play without his like assistant coach there I don't get it. Like, can the equipment guy be there? Because, like, that would be chaotic. Like, if it's the head coach, like, pulling sticks the equipment and shit. guy, yeah. <laughs> like, no equipment guy on the bench? Be... That's kind of funny. One weekend a year, there should be a game with no coaches. <laughs> no. I, One I, I love that. Yeah. It's no coaches weekend. And, the, you know, just, just – wouldn't you just be so curious? Like, what would happen? What would the – like, what would happen? What would the actual – tangible influence on the game beat, which I would assume that there would be, but I just would love, love to know. I've got, I've got no equipment staff on the brain now. I want to see that. Like, a guy exactly. snaps a stick. Guys like are- what's going to happen? Is well, Daryl Sutter going to like go and grab the stick for the guy? Or is he just going to be like, yeah. get on the bench? Like what's going to go run. You got to go run down the tunnel and, and, and get like, get like fresh skate laces or something. That'd be great. Yeah. What's going to happen there? <laughs> But no, I feel like the no coaches game, like the players are like, I don't think that'd be chaotic because like if they go off script and they play like trash, like they're just going to get ripped by their coach when they go back in the room the next day when the coach's back. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Like, yeah they're going to uh, like look, do everything so they don't just get like destroyed and bag skated if they just decide to do whatever they want. <laughs> oh, you, threw, you, threw, you threw cold water on that one, dude. My God. Okay. It was uh, quick. Couple- Fire. We're supposed to say yes or no. Yeah, rapid fire. So yeah. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Bunch of people wrote this one in in some very uh, in some varying form, uh, which is the gold plan. And for people who don't know what the gold plan or that uh, process is, basically, uh, it's it's a way for teams who are out of the playoff race to ensure that they don't tank. So let's let's use Buffalo as an example. I I'm, I feel bad. I love I love Buffalo as a city and they got great fans, but they are unfortunately have been at the bottom of the standings and likely will be again this year. So the minute you are eliminated from the playoff race mathematically, you then start collecting points uh and the the team with the most points at the end of the year after they've been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs 
get the first overall pick. And so let's say this year Buffalo gets eliminated March 20th. It helps you because the teams that go right to the wire in the playoff bubble, they just don't have enough time to get points. Mm-hmm. Do you like the idea of the – I've seen it. It's called the gold plan or you know whatever people mm-hmm. think it is. Do you, do you like the idea? My problem with the people who are like always trying to come up with things for teams not to tank and always get the first-round pick is like we're not just taking into account that a team is trash. Like they're just bad. So like if you implement a point system and a team's just bad and they need the pick to like rebuild their team, like they're just going to get no points and they're going to get a middling pick and they're going to continue to be bad forever. I mean, it's not forever. It's not that doom and gloom. But like if a team is genuinely bad and they genuinely need a draft pick, like that just defeats the purpose of of <laughs> them needing the first overall pick. The last the last few years have completely like tapped me out on lottery debates too. Like I, like I, I know it's a like I'm tired of I'm tired of talking about tanking and anti tanking me- like measures and stuff. Like I like it, it's it's really really it's really tiring. And it's not that's not to say that it's not that it's not a problem because it, it certainly is. Um, I think that's something you could do for one year and see what happens because the NHL has shown so much. Like they they've changed the lottery structure so many times over the last five years. Like why not just see see what happens, see how it see how it works. But I do I do agree with Haley honestly. Like you know you don't want to incentivize bad pay, you don't want to incentivize bad behavior, right? You, you don't want to incentivize loss like losses. But sometimes teams are sincerely bad enough where I, I do feel that that worse teams do deserve that kind of equity that come from from uh, from having a high pick. Okay, uh-huh. last last one that we're going to throw here uh, to, to to bandy about. Uh, this again came in from a listener. Introduce an over and back rule in overtime, so teams can't circle back into their own zone after crossing uh, the red line. And uh-huh. basically, this fan is saying these full ice resets and overtime are super painful. So essentially, just like basketball, right? You can't go once you cross, you know, half court. You can't go back. Any idea on this one? Like it? Don't like it? Would it even have a factor if we instituted an over and back rule in overtime in the National Hockey League? It should also be like a five second rule. <laughs> like you gotta. Yeah. Well, do you? Get over. When was yeah. that? That was like ten years ago, right? When it was uh, it was Tampa. It was Tampa versus Philly. They just sort of like they. It was completely. Guy Boucher, fro- yep. Guy Boucher in his prime, and Chris completely. Pronger. They just they just stood there, right? Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, sure. We can do we can do that. I'm more focused on eliminating offsides for overtime. I think I think that's my favorite yes. idea. I think that's my favorite idea to come out of this. Honestly, that's like my laser focus after our little talk here. I have one that I want to throw out here. Um, okay, I'm taking the host chair for a second. <laughs> uh, since 50 percent of players in the NHL are from Canada. <laughs> nine U.S. teams should be relocated north of the border. <laughs> Sean, oh, oh. thoughts? Uh, no, uh, I'm I'm against that, man. No, where where were they? Okay, so you guys, <laughs> you guys can rattle this off. What are the what are the nine teams? What are the nine markets that would get teams right now? Right now, yeah, Halifax, Quebec City, Regina, <laughs> uh, another one in Toronto. So that's what five. A third um, in Toronto, a fourth Vic- in Toronto. Victoria would get one. <laughs> and uh, where else, Haley? Maybe Hamilton. Hamilton would get one, of course. Yeah. So there you go. Nashville, shit out of luck. See you later. <laughs> yeah, See you later. Hamilton. You're, you're going to Hamilton. You're going to Saskatoon. Yeah, that's obviously <laughs> the, the big question. Like, what are the major markets that we can place 
a professional sports franchise in Canada right now. I feel like Sorry. I feel like Houston is on the verge of having a team. Yeah, it feels that way. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think we're getting that uh, second team in the GTA and all that. Uh, Do we really stuff. think that after everything that's happened with the Coyotes, that Gary Bettman's just gonna be like, "Yeah, we're done now"? Like, no. Yeah. He owned I'm, the team for I'm a while. The fifth like on that one. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, how is he just gonna be like, "Yeah, I think we're done now." Like. After all this, you're just going to be like, no, we're going to move it. I think there's probably a certain set of circumstances that would take the decision out of his hands, yes. Listen, we'll we'll have to leave it there, but we do appreciate all the feedback we got from people that participated in our poll. And I think, you know what? I think you're right. I think now all I'm going to think about is overtime, three on three, and no offside. I think there's there's something there, right? Hold on a second. And you forgot sumo goalies. Yeah, heck yeah. Yeah, I can't believe you just like skimmed over that, and you were like, "Okay, and next, like you can just bring up sumo goaltenders and like move move along." Yeah, just no, we just throwing yeah, it out there. Yeah. <laughs> Your pacing was off, Ian. I'm just kidding. Yeah. You're a great host. <laughs> My pacing was off. It took you 12 minutes. You're like, hey, "Wait a minute, can we circle back to the sumo?" You guys were talking. Yeah. You guys wouldn't stop yeah. talking. I was waiting for my moment. Yeah, it's cr- crazy that we would talk on a podcast. I know. Okay, yeah. we'll leave it there. But we do want to tell people, because the calendar is about to flip to September, Haley, here comes Team USA again. Team America, that uh, Sean Gentilly, Craig Custance edition <laughs> of the Athletic Hockey Show, it's going to be back with new episodes in, on Tuesdays. That's right. <laughs> we got to all shoot our own like cheesy uh, promos, video promos for these things, right? Just like network back this oh. fall. Yeah, like Team why America. Why did they get some cool like American theme song? Like we just have a jingle. Yeah. Producer Chris. Every other show should have the Canadian anthem played before it. That's fine. <laughs> anyway, we'll leave it there. We do want to, as a, this is the last episode of August. Uh, we do, like I said, coming back in September. Haley and I will be back on Mondays. Uh, myself and Sean McAdoo on Thursdays. Uh, Sean Gentilly, Craig Custance on Tuesdays. And uh, the Prospect Show, Max Boltman and Corey Prodman are going to come back uh, resuming the Prospect Series on Friday. So we got lots to look forward to. Uh, this was a lot of fun. We want to thank everybody for sticking around and listening to this uh, latest edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. Fa- uh, follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a rating and a review. We would certainly appreciate that. And right now you can get an annual subscription the athletic uh it's 50 off when you visit theathletic.com slash 